0: Welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio or listening online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, September 2nd, 2018. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in my living room studio today with Hertzie Hertz. Well, who is not joining us? You know, I already (laughs) f***ed this up, which now I can't play it because it's FCC.
1: (laughs) I'm just glad that we're recording ahead of time because... I can't stop myself from swearing anymore.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And I'll I'll just I'll just like there'll be a I don't know, either a bleep or I'll just, you know, mute it, yeah. whatever. One, one, way or one way or the other. Um so you know what? I'm actually gonna start that again. Um and I'll just delete out <laughs> that I didn't want. <laughs> Sorry it's about all that. So good. Welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, September 2nd, 2018. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in my living room studio today with Julie Love and joined via Skype by podcasting royalty rich Indiana Joy Lyons from the Living After Faith podcast. This is being recorded in my living room studio, so unfortunately the phone lines will not be open, but we still encourage your feedback and thoughts with your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, by tweeting us at Atheist Talk, or send us a message over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. Julie, thanks for joining me in my house.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. My house, too.
0: <laughs> and Rich and Deanna, thank you so much for taking the time on a Friday night to come on Sunday morning radio.
1: It's next the week. best way to wake up early that we could ever find. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> so
0: you two have been doing um the Living After Faith podcast for a few years now. Like, I honestly, I honestly don't even like know where to start with you two because I have been a fan of your show since episode four, or five, way back in I what twenty ten. Oh wow! Like yeah. So is that when you two started twenty ten?
3: Yes that, we so. started in 2010 did a few episodes in 2010 and then uh, podcasted pretty regular through 2013 and then had that pod fade thing that we're recovering from.
0: Yeah, pod fade. Uh, thankfully atheist talk has been on the air since 2008. Wow um, but we've never pod faded but then again we're on the radio so we haven't radio faded either.
3: Congratulate! It's so, hard to avoid a fade, and like I say, we faded, <laughs> but uh, we're just calling it a hiatus now, and we're back and enjoying what we're doing and having a whole lot of fun with it. Get to talk to people like you.
0: <laughs> well, and Ditto, that's one of the things I like about doing this show is getting to talk to people that, you know, I, I don't want to say idols because that would be terrible, and we're atheists. Right. Um, and the atheist community has had enough with hero worship for a while, so I'm going to step back <laughs> from that. Um but yeah, people that I've like listened to forever and it's like, wait, I get to talk to, to who
3: that's, that's awesome. But we feel um, the
1: same way.
3: I know that's just <laughs> what I was thinking. I was thinking, man, I, I hate that Hertzie's not here. Cause I was hoping to meet Hertzie.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hertzie was so bummed that she wasn't going to be able to make it tonight. So I know it, it's killing her not being here. So, uh, well, we'll just
1: catch it, her another time. Maybe we could put her on our show.
0: Yeah. That would, oh, she would love that. And, uh, you know, since this is atheist talk, we'll also sell Hertzie talks. Hertzie does have her own her own uh, YouTube show, and it's a great show for anybody. Anybody that's listening should go find this find Hertzie talks on YouTube. It is hilarious, and I'm a little biased because I'm also on it sometimes too. Um,
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> the title of your show, Living After Faith. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but can you take a minute to explain to listeners what your podcast is about?
3: Well, we chose those words very carefully, and yes, they are obvious. We put the focus on living after faith. We primarily reach out uh, or are here for people who have experienced religion and for one reason or another have come out of religion and find out that there's a lot of recovery involved. It's especially more so the more fundamental the church is. But we still have people who were not in fundamental churches who listen because – When your whole world comes from one view, regardless of what that view is, in this particular case, we deal with people whose worldview is religion. And then you realize religion is not an acceptable thing. It's not real. It's not true. It's not what I thought it was. Now my whole worldview is skewed. And how do I get myself into a worldview where... It's more reality-based, and that's where we really focus. Our early episodes, we talked with a lot of people who were in that painful place of coming out and making those discoveries. Now our podcast more focuses on people who have made that and how they made the transition, how they were able to, uh, the techniques, the tools they used to get to the place that they can now be Uh Fitting into that regular life, that reality-based life.
0: So you deal with show, like a lot of um, religious thinking, but do you, does your show like also? I mean, if if I'm not religious, but I have a lot of dogmatic thinking of some other kind, I mean, would I still find value in like your show?
1: Yeah, we try to deal with every topic from a critical thinking point of view, a free thinking point of view, uh, logic and reality-based. And we don't exactly preach skepticism and that kind of thing, but we try to, like, live it by example. Like, if I talk about something I'm unsure about, I'll use scientific language to say, you know, to the best of our knowledge, we think this is the case and this is true. So, that uh, I'd say it's more by—it's the way we operate— not what we preach.
0: Yeah, I find it's really good with... Um, like, I'm a skeptic and I'm an atheist. The two don't always go hand in hand because, you know, I have met plenty of religious people that are also skeptics. and I don't want to, like, ostracize them from the skeptic... From, you know, skeptical movements and things like that. I just don't understand personally how you could be an atheist and not a skeptic. But then also, like, with this, this show, Atheist Talk, we're also... I, you know, we welcome people who are atheists, but not skeptics. <laughs> so, I mean, we just did a show on alternative medicine and woo not that long ago. And we actually had some feedback from some of listeners who were atheists who are like, but, but I like homeopathy. And it's like, well, that's like, that's fine. Like, we don't, we don't want to call you out on that. We don't want to say that you're a bad person or that, you know, your atheism isn't valid. It was just, so sometimes we 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 include a lot of skepticism and atheism in our show, and I think that's one of the things I like so much about your show is you tend to do the same thing, is, is, is that or I, unless I'm misreading you?
1: Yeah, that's a, how we both feel very strongly that skepticism and logical and critical thinking are a lot of what led people like us out of religion, um, along with things like compassion and emotional considerations. Um, I've met a lot of atheists who are not fully skeptical. Uh, You may remember that a lot of the 9-11 truthers back in the day were atheists. Like, they could believe in this grand, wild, wacky conspiracy, but still, like, use their critical thinking to say, I don't believe there's a God. Yeah, I don't quite
0: understand that. Like, I know Julie's, like, shaking her head because she's with me. It's like... Like, <laughs> did you have a thought on that, Julie?
2: <laughs> Common sense and logic don't exist anymore, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, and it doesn't matter whether you're atheist or Christian or anything else. It's just let's put our thinking caps on here and think about what what really does make sense not just like science-based, but just like thinking-based.
3: I think a lot of what we're doing is uh, in that line that you're talking right there. A lot of it, we take the person where that person is when we're dealing with a guest and let that person tell their story. And a lot of times our show gets into the emotional aspects of atheism, religion, faith, belief, those kind of things, a lot of times we'll have uh, the emotional concept or the emotional feeling with the program. But I think that's necessary, and that's one of the things that is required to help people process through. So a lot of times our show is a bit raw, is a bit Uh, trigger warning-ish for lack of a better term or uh, content notes, because it is sometimes it it does play on the emotions, but that's part of what it is. That's what I think makes living after faith living after faith is we do focus on the living, and living involves a lot of emotion.
0: So I I guess you're talking about um, your show kind of having a, a, almost like a built-in content notice or like a, a trigger warning that like you should almost like go into the show understanding that that you might be triggered if you're a listener. Um, just because like you said, it it's it's really raw and emotional. Um, and I want to take that if, if I can, Rich, to do you feel comfortable? Like you've, I know on your show, you've talked about your religious background because I've been listening to you since 2010. Um, do you We could do, like, an entire episode on your show, and you have, and listeners should go do it. There'll be links in the show notes. Um, But can you give us, like, an overview of your journey?
3: Sure. I started out as a kid in an Episcopal church, and in high school, I had a drinking problem, realized the Episcopal church couldn't help me. Uh, And then went out looking for my own solutions to problems. I tried uh, esoteric occult things. Wound up through a process called uh, missionary dating. I wound up in a Pentecostal church, and because I was a radio speaker for a living, uh, I already had speaking skills. So it just took a little bit more, and I was instantly put into the pulpit. For 10 years, I assisted in church pastoring um, in a very fundamental, very judgmental place. Uh, extremely harsh hateful religion and i mean literally everybody was going to hell but please stay
0: with us through the break we'll return in just a few moments to continue this conversation with rich and deanna joy lyons you're listening to atheist talk on am 950 ktnf the progressive voice of minnesota Welcome back to AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Julie Love, and joined via Skype by Rich and Deanna Joy Lyons of the Living After Faith podcast. If you're interested in getting involved with the conversation we're having today, it will have to be via email, as we're recording this episode on a Friday night, about a week before it's going to air. You can still email us, however, send your message to radio at mnatheist.org, or you can tweet us your love using at Atheist Talk. Leave a comment on the Facebook post for this episode over at Facebook.com slash AtheistTalk. And uh, with that, we will jump back into the pre-recorded conversation with
3: myself, Julie Love, and Rich Indiana Joy Lyons. Sure. I started out as a kid in an Episcopal church, and in high school I had a drinking problem realized the Episcopal church couldn't help me. Uh, And then went out looking for my own solutions to problems, I tried Uh, esoteric occult things wound up through a process called uh, missionary dating. I wound up in a Pentecostal church and because I was a radio speaker for a living, uh, I already had speaking skills, so it just took a little bit more and I was instantly put into the pulpit for 10 years I assisted in church pastoring um, in a very fundamental, very judgmental Uh, extremely harsh hateful religion and i mean literally everybody was going to hell but the people in my church because your church isn't as good as my church because your pastor isn't as good as my pastor it was a horrible environment and but when you're in that environment as a true believer and you don't see from the outside it engulfs your entire life. So I spent 20 years in a religion where I couldn't watch television, couldn't watch music movies, uh, couldn't listen to secular music, even though I was on the radio as a personality, and that was what I did for a living. So technically, I could work at a radio station that I couldn't listen to, which was bizarre. You could watch a DVD in the later years. You could watch a DVD on a screen because it wasn't a tape, but you couldn't watch a tape on a screen, and you couldn't watch television on a screen, but you could watch television if it was put on a dvd and it was such a complicated but all of the rules were like that so you had so many ins and outs and bizarre things it was absolutely a personality cult and the churches followed the personality of the pastor and if he was a abusive guy, then you're going to find the whole church is abusive. And that's where most of them wound up at. So I was a Pentecostal uh, assistant pastor and pastor, the two together, 20 years, 10 years as a senior pastor. When someone in my church visited a theme park with their mother, and when they came to our church for a special service, unbeknownst to them at the time, could have exposed our church to SARS, which was a disease that was killing people in Taiwan and killed a lot of people in Canada. Didn't kill a lot of people in the U.S., but uh, when my church was exposed to SARS, the Centers for Disease Control got in charge of things, and they— put us under quarantine and a few restrictions, and we had requirements. And I watched as the people in my church just scattered like cockroaches. And I realized if they were really believers in the doctrines we taught, they would look at this as God's will and our opportunity of a lifetime to stand up and do something for God. But on the other hand, we're scattered like roaches. And that began to break my faith. But what really pushed it over the edge was the leadership of the church took the same view they were scattering like cockroaches they didn't want to rise up to the occasion and i realized that even the people in the upper end of the faith didn't truly believe that there still doubt their doubts ran them and that at that point i realized it was nothing but a scam and there was no way i could reconcile that within myself so Uh, I took on the possibility. I tried to change the church. I went away to a lake for a couple of weeks and tried to sort my own brain out. I thought I could do that in a couple of weeks, and here it's been (laughs) years, (laughs) and my own brain is still not sorted out. But. I sorted it out enough to know I wasn't going to be the liar who came to the pulpit every Sunday and just said, give me your money. So I tried to change the church to a more traditional, less dogmatic, less fundamental, and was successful largely with everyone but my own family. And my own family staged a coup, got me removed from the church. Well, they staged a coup, and I resigned because the handwriting was on the wall. I did not want to put the church through a bloody mess when the outcome was going to be the same. The same was I was going to hit the road. So I hit the road. And from that, I was disfellowshipped. I was uh, defrocked, totally alienated from the church, which was fine with me, and began the life of recovery, which I guess I'm going to be on until till the end of it. So that's where we are.
0: So just to follow up. So and I'm sure it's more complicated, and that's why this – it doesn't make – why I'm having to follow up with this. But you said that like the leaders of the church stopped being leaders. Like they weren't practicing the faith the way they were proclaiming it. De- is So was that what – so that's what's st- so their unbelief led to your disbelief? Am I, am I understanding that right?
3: That's a very good way of putting it. I haven't put it that way, but uh... – When I realized they didn't believe, I couldn't believe anymore. Uh, That was where I realized, okay, we've been told a lot of bull. And that's where I started questioning things. Prior to that, my attitude had been, better men than me have worked out these doctrines through the generations. Better men than me, and I'm saying men intentionally because there were no women involved. Better men than me have done... Uh, all of these things through the religious process through these years and have come, you know, with grips with God and how to... um, So my job was not to question what they had done, but to back up what they had done. So I used my ministry as a way of backing that up. So I would study intentionally to support the doctrines. I would find things wrong with other people's doctrines simply because I could. And... But then... When I realized they were not genuine, I had to ask questions, and when I started asking questions honestly, my answers kept coming back to the same thing, that it was not a faith that I could any longer believe in, because it was simply uh, constructed out of whole cloth, just made out of thin air. It was... I was ashamed of myself for a long time for having fallen for that, but I realized the circumstances that took me in, and I was vulnerable at the time and would have gone into anything. That's just the way my personality is and the way I was at that time. So uh, I've, I've grown a lot since then. But I got sucked in, and it took 20 years to get out, and here I am, another, trying to think how long ago that was. That was in 04. This is 18, so we're coming up on 14 years December 1st that I, from the day I resigned the church. So, uh, and I'm still getting out of church. I mean, there are still times I still have the dreams. I, this morning had a hard wake up because I had dreams last night and I was in church again. I was preaching. I was, uh, it hasn't let go of me yet, but I'm still trying to let go of it. Yeah.
0: I'm, yeah I just, when you named your show Living After Faith, um, did you realize at the time how apt of a name that really was?
3: We actually did. We tossed around a whole lot of names and a whole lot
0: of ideas. All right, we'll return to our discussion with Julie Rich Indiana right after this brief commercial break. This is Maddie Love, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950. I'm Maddie Love in studio this week with Julie Love and joined via Skype by Rich and Deanna Joy Lyons from the Living After Faith podcast. Before we continue with our conversation, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors. All of us at Atheist Talk are asking for your help in keeping secular voices on the public airwaves and in podcast form. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors. And if you do, let them know you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise on this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. This radio show is put together by dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of people like you. It is because of listeners like you that we're able to keep Atheist Talk on the radio and in podcast form. This week, we'd like to thank everyone who is contributing to us on Patreon. Thank you, Ann H., Art K., Carl, Dennis Z., Jackie P., Jean in Vermont, Jeff K, Larry Yellingman, Leslie S, Marissa McCool, Matthew and Nancy Hertz, Ross M, Ryan G, and Steve Shives. You are all awesome, and seriously, you make this show possible, and all of you can listen to this episode early, because without you, this show would not be possible. If you are able to help with the donation, you can do so over at a Radio Fund page or by becoming a patron, like any of those wonderful people I just mentioned. You can sign up for as little as a dollar an episode over at patreon.com slash and listen to all of our extended interviews, discussions, and anything with a healthy dose of tomfoolery in a safe space, free from the annoying religiosity <laughs> inspired by FCC rules. Minnesota Atheists is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. When we say we couldn't do this show without you, we really do mean it, and we really truly are grateful for all of your contributions. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael David. And with that, Mischief Managed, and we'll return to our pre-recorded conversation with myself, Julie, and Rich and Deanna Joy Lyons of the Living After Faith podcast. When you named your show Living After Faith, um, did you realize at the time how apt of a name that really was?
3: We actually did. We tossed around a whole lot of names and a whole lot of ideas. And we wanted living. We wanted an action word to be the primary focus of it, because it is action. It's living. It's what we're doing. And we wanted it so... We had to come up with something after living, and after faith was simply the easiest way of conveying what we thought, what we were trying to do. So there was a whole lot of work that went into naming it. There was actually more work that went into naming the show than there was to actually kicking it off when we started. <laughs> we, two radio people, we thought, oh, we can do a podcast. We had no clue what it <laughs> takes to do a podcast, and I think that's probably now that we've learned a little bit, we're doing better with it. Well,
2: and I think living after faith really hits it because i think a lot of people feel like there is no life afterwards because we're we're taught that that is the life the way the truth and the life and there's only one way to get there so to come to that realization that there is life afterwards and um I'm not going to get struck by lightning if I don't have this thought, or if I don't feel this way, or say this prayer, or insert your favorite religious action here. Um, it's a complete lifestyle change.
0: Yeah, to live without a to live without the fear of hell. I don't know if there was a more freeing moment for me, like as on my journey to atheism, than that moment it was like wow, like, there is nobody, like, reading my thoughts right now. There is, like, I am here. Everything I do in this world matters now. There's no there's no second chance here. That was a really freeing feeling.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the fear of hell is one that a lot of people struggle with. And, uh, you know, I've heard from so many people where they say they actively don't believe in any gods, they don't believe in heaven and hell, but they're still terrified at the thought of it. And, like, I myself struggled with it as a kid. I would lay up in bed late at night, and the fears would go through me. I was kind of at that age where I thought Noah's Ark wasn't probably a real story, but that my doubts were going to get me in trouble. They were going to get me sent to hell. So I would lay up late at night and read my children's Bible, trying to figure out, like, which stories were real and which ones weren't, and if I read that Bible enough, maybe I would make up for my doubts and not be sent to hell. So, it was it was terrifying. I remember it vis- vividly, and uh, I'm really glad I'm over it, but I know a lot of people still have trouble with that. Well, and Deanne, I know that your background is um, pretty different than, than
0: Rich's, um, but— can you share this your story of like how did you find yourself on a skeptical SJW atheist podcast?
1: Yeah, it was a really long sort of process, I guess. Um, as a kid, I would get dragged to the Methodist <clears throat> to the Methodist church that my mom went to, and she tried real hard to get us to go every Sunday. And I hated putting on dresses. I was a tomboy, uh, sitting still for an hour or two. I'm an ADHD kid. I cannot sit still for that long. Um, and a lot of the stories they would tell us, they would put us into a youth group or whatever. And they didn't make sense, just like Noah's or Ark didn't, or the story of uh, Lot. I would say there's obviously immoral and impossible things in these stories. And so... After struggling for a while, I kind of put it all out of my mind, you know, maybe 12 or 13. And then I had family problems. My parents were getting splitting up. Um, I ended up in a foster home after running away from home. And it was an evangelical foster home. And they were very serious about it. Um, It was one of the vineyard church branches, if that's uh, something y'all are familiar with. I'm not, no. No. They have like this really heavy focus on music and they release, they actually kind of franchise music. (laughs) They like release these songs. Yeah. And so I liked that there was a lot of music. So I always liked singing, but they were obviously of the anti gay stripe. And I was at that age in my teen years where I was pretty sure I was into girls and boys. And so I had to keep that hidden. I had a lot of fear. Uh, The father of the foster home was very obviously treating his biological children differently from us foster kids. He would scream at us. He was pretty emotionally abusive. So I ended up running away from there, too. Um, And so, you know, after that, I ended up hanging out with hippies in the university district in Seattle. And I spent a lot of time at this coffee shop where we all smoked a lot of pot. Uh, There's a lot of crystals and herbal healing and that kind of stuff. A lot of people would say things like, oh, I think God is the universe. I still kind of thought that wasn't real, but I was a lot more tolerant of everybody. So I just said, okay, they can believe whatever they want. And I didn't think about it too much. And then probably about 15 years ago, I started discovering the atheist movement. Um, we had the 9-11 attacks and uh, Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and all those guys were putting out books. And I was like, hey, I remember this. I don't believe in any gods. There's other people that feel the same way. So I started getting into watching shows, reading books, listening to podcasts. And uh, Rich and I became friends and eventually married because we're both non believers. And so that kind of brought us together. He didn't know anybody he could talk to about this stuff. And when he discovered that I was a skeptic and an atheist, we started hanging out and having, you know, similar feeling people to hang out with. So here I am. I got heavy into the skeptic and atheist movements. And now I'm kind of pretty distant from them because they involve people and people are flawed. But I'm still a skeptic and still an atheist.
2: I, I think that's one of the hard things because churches are out there all the time. You drive by them and they advertise what they are. you You know mm-hmm. where you can go if you're looking for like-minded people, but it's you have to search out to find atheists. They're they're everywhere, living good lives, just like everybody else, but you've got to try to find them. Um, whereas religion is just everywhere. It's pervasive in our culture, in our face, and on our streets, absolutely everywhere. So it's almost intimidating if if one were to even have that feeling. Who, who do you talk to? You know, at work, it's not an appropriate subject. Maybe amongst your friends, you might have some ideas, but you tend to congregate with people that are like you. Um, So even if you're losing your faith, you're still hanging out with your Christian friends um, and you don't dare talk to them about it. So I, I think that that's where the podcast and all of this really have value in showing people that, Hey, there, there are people out there of a similar mind and similar feelings
3: That's exactly what got us started talking about starting Living After Faith was we—Deanna was the first person I could really talk to about my atheist feelings because I didn't know who was safe. I didn't know what was safe. I was afraid that— Uh, This would have repercussions. I had moved into a new job. The whole world was different. And here I am now becoming atheist. I didn't initially become atheist. I initially dumped the Pentecostal faith, but then I became an atheist. And after becoming atheist, I really didn't know who to talk with. And when Deanna and I met, it was so easy to have conversations about things like that. We shared books. We did all kinds of things like that. But that was where we thought, you know, it would be nice for other people to have someone they can at least listen to if they can't talk to. So we started the podcast, and then a lot of uh, people have contacted us. We figured there would probably be a few dozen people in the world who would be going through similar situations. But we found out that it was a lot, much, much larger number, and it really surprises us even today, the number of people who do listen, because it tells us a lot of people are going through hell in their life, and that's a, a difficult place to be.
2: And I guess I unfairly pointed out Christians. I mean, it's atheism of any kind. It could be leaving other faiths as, as well. I mean, I know your background and everything else, but it's, it's the same as anybody who loses their faith in whatever they've had. Right, and especially Islam if it's a predominantly
0: – like if, if you're in another country where Islam is the predominant religion and you become an atheist, you still have that same problem that the, like the, the person who was Christian has. It's like where do I go to find other people like me and, and and unfortunately like in other countries work? Who can I talk to where it's safe to talk to? Um, Do you – Rich and Deanna, do you two track like the – and have you heard from people from – I know you've talked to like Bethany Futrell and whatnot from like – from England or from sorry, <laughs> from Scotland. Um, same, differ- same, same difference. Same difference. Same right? difference.
1: Oh, sorry, uh,
0: Bethany Turner. Oh my gosh, did I just? Yeah, I just confused. I'm gonna. I I would edit that out, but you know, I'm gonna leave that in because I am very fallible. Um, Do you what just- <laughs> you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, and I never mind. Um, I can edit that. Out. We'll return to our discussion with Rich Indiana Joy Lions. Right after this brief commercial break, this is Maddie Love in studio with Julie Love and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.